Now, The Sipping Point with Lori Forster, the wine coach, certified sommelier, corporate entertainer, and wife to a world-class chef, Lori is literally pouring the fun back into wine. Meet some of the most interesting people in the world of food, wine, and spirits as she uncorks the recipe for a delicious life. Welcome to The Sipping Point, where each week we explore the recipe for a delicious life. I'm your host, Lori Forster, the wine coach, and I've made it my mission in life to demystify wine one glass at a time. So expect a fresh and fun approach to the world of wine, spirits, beer, food, and so much more here on the show. Well, this week we're going to talk turkey, wine pairings that is, for Thanksgiving with Tim Riley, the beverage director at Fleet Street Kitchen. We're going to give you three great wines you should have on your Thanksgiving table. And then my better half, Chef Forster, is going to give you some great tips to ensure your bird is cooked perfectly. Well, every week, as you know, we have the sips of the week. And this week to help me out, because Thanksgiving is quite intimidating for pairings for anyone because there's so much on the table. I asked Tim Riley, who's the beverage director at Fleet Street Kitchen here in Baltimore, to join me. And he has picked out three great wines that we're going to taste and talk about. But just to uh, let you know a little bit about Tim, he actually grew up here in the Baltimore area and went to the Culinary Institute of America and graduated with honors, no less. So he's a bit of a bookworm. And he worked at Charleston with Cindy Wolf, Petit Louis, and and then you made your rounds in Boston and some other cities. Like me, you have various certifications, including an advanced certificate with the Wine and Spirits Education Trust. You're certified with the Court of Masters and lots of other great wine geeky things. Wine geeky. But more importantly, we're going to have a little fun with we some are. wines Absolutely. that you think are perfect for Thanksgiving. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Laurie. It's a pleasure. Well, this is going to be fun. And I find that this time of year, everybody is thinking... Uh oh, what do I do for my Thanksgiving wines? Yeah. They're planning the menu, yeah. but they don't want to be caught last minute just grabbing any old wine off yeah. the end aisle at their wine store. You went to our sponsors, Wells Discount Liquors. You picked out three great wines, a bubbly, a white, and a red, and we're going to talk about those. But real quick before we dive into Thanksgiving oh. wines, just give folks a, a you know, a 30 second, you know, Absolutely. high level about Fleet Street Kitchen and what you guys do. Absolutely. So Fleet Street Kitchen uh, opened last year, September of 2012. And we're located, obviously, right on Fleet Street um, across from Harbor East and the Whole Foods there downtown uh, right off of President. Um, we have a great program there in terms of wine, but also a really amazing food program. And it's based around our farm, which is Cunningham Farms. We're part of the Bagby Restaurant Group. Mm-hmm. We have uh, what soon will be uh, with our opening at Cunningham's, which is one of our restaurants in Towson about to open. Uh, we'll be four to restaurants. And uh, again, all of them source uh, food from our farm, which is Cunningham Farms located out in Cockeysville. And that's a big part of our program, especially at Fleet Street. Um, we like to think of ourselves as a very refined farm-to-table restaurant. And sometimes people think of farm-to-table and they think of, you know, relatively uh, straightforward food. The food at Fleet Street is very sophisticated. The mm-hmm. flavors you know. are really intense. And... Uh, we had Mr. Parker on the show earlier this year, Mr. Robert Parker. Parker Jr. If you don't know who he is, oh, look it up. Very familiar. But, <laughs> and um, I follow him on Twitter, and he had some very nice things to say about his dining experience yeah. at your place. So we it, you guys must have, be good. Yeah, Bob he's is discerning. A, uh, he is a, he has one of the world's discerning palates, and it was a <laughs> pleasure to be able to serve him. Honestly, um, yeah, Fleet Street's great, and again, we have uh, you know a really approachable food program, but one like I said that's really refined and really based on what's best of the season and what's best locally. We have a great 
great chef, Chris Amendola, who, you know, really fantastic food and really inventive in some way as well. You know, again, not 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 too inventive, not something that you uh, can't get your head around or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, um, well, I came out when you first opened. I'm going yes, to have to come back in now that you know, you've you, had yes. a little more time. I had a great time last time, and I yes. love your iPad wine yeah. list. Yes, we do the list on iPad, And in addition to that, you also utilize another technology we've talked about here on the show, which is the Coravin. Yes, absolutely. The wine mosquito. Yes, the wine so mosquito. So you can offer things by the glass that wouldn't normally. Yeah, we always are opening up fun things with the uh, Coravin. I actually worked in uh, Boston at a restaurant that was literally located in the same office building that was the gentleman who uh, created what was, uh, it's funny, you know, the wine mosquito. That, that was its original name. Yes. He showed me a lot of uh, uh, prototypes as it came along. And so it was, it was a pleasure to watch. And again, for us as a restaurant, it's a real pleasure to use. And we oh. always have some fun things that are open. So it's a good thing to stop in and see. Yeah. Well, yeah. speaking of fun, Thanksgiving and wine Absolutely. is fun. So tell me a little bit about, let's dive right in. Yes. Um Bubbly. Yes. Why should we have bubbly on our Thanksgiving table? So to be very, very short, I think uh, Thanksgiving, a lot of times, again, what you focused on was the best is having fun. And people tend to overthink Thanksgiving a little bit too much in terms of food and wine. When you have a broad group of foods across the table, you have some things that are sweet, some things that are savory. You have cranberries, you have squash, you have potatoes. You're never going to find that one perfect wine. But as we always say in the restaurant, you know, one of the wines that has the most broad, most the, the most reach, if you will, for a wine is sparkling wine. And so I chose a great Cremant de Loire. And we should stop and talk about what Cremant de Loire is here. And we're talking about a sparkling wine made yep. in the same and style. Go real ahead. quick, it's the Clemence Scurry yes. is the producer. Absolutely. It's fifteen ninety nine yes. at Wells and it is from the Loire Valley. Cremant de Loire. It's a blend of Chenin Blanc Chardonnay with a little Cab Franc. Just a touch. So, so this is bubbly and a lot of people want to call it champagne because yes. it's sparkling. So tell me why it's not champagne Sure. And that leads to what a Cremant is, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. Champagne is a particular region. And so in the old world, you see wines that are generally labeled by their region and what we would call an appellation, meaning a specific area that is delineated. And if you grow the grapes there, then you can be champagne. If you grow the grapes somewhere else, then you are, well, you're somewhere else. And in this case, you are in the Loire <laughs> Valley, which is about 90 miles southeast of Paris. And so you're not all that to, all that far from Champagne, maybe a couple hours drive, but uh, you're in a great set of terroirs here. And uh, this is a really beautiful wine, like you said, and one that I think would pair really, really beautifully. It has some flavors that are similar to champagne and one thing about champagne is always that it's pricey you know champagne there, there's there, there's never values in the world of champagne unfortunately and but here's a, a sparkling wine that again is made in that same style there's a very specific method that's used in champagne where the wine is early re-fermented in the bottle and it has that very fine uh, mousse uh, the little bubbles as we say and again these tiny very complex flavors tiny bubbles always the best <laughs> but no it's, it's it's a very complex wine and again it's at a fraction of the price of what you would see True. for champagne and, and made with the same process same process exactly and it's delicious and even if this is just your starter wine for your, you know, appetizers Absolutely. as people Absolutely. are arriving. It's delicious. Yes. And some people are going to want to maybe continue with this throughout yeah. dinner, and that's good, too. That's one thing we always say in the restaurant is, you know, taking sparkling wine through the meal is going to be one of those things that's going to allow you, again, to have all different foods on the table and uh, have as much breath as you can in terms of your wine. And so yep. this is a wine that I think, again, I mean, who doesn't smile when you see sparkling wine I opened know. up? You know, it's one of those things that when you open this up, when your relatives come over, it's going to be a hit for sure. Um, it has a little touch of sweetness to it, I think is really pretty. And again, something that's going to make it crowd pleasing, but also, you know, something that'll pair very well with some of the sweeter foods that you see out on the Thanksgiving table. And if you're kind of one of those crunchy, green, organic yes. people, um, the nice thing about this is it's biodynamic, which is like organic on steroids. Organic on steroids. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how I describe it. So you it. can yeah. feel good about yeah. that at Fifteen ninety nine, yeah. but 
You always also need a really nice white on the table. Absolutely. And there's so many spices yes. in the different dishes. You know, I kind of think of the turkey as the neutral. Yes. Sorry, turkey, but yeah. you're not yeah. center stage <laughs> exactly. really for me on Thanksgiving. No way. I could actually do without the turkey, yeah. but don't even get in the way Here's of my say, stuffing. Laura, <laughs> <laughs> but my, you know, my oyster stuffing yeah. and all the other sides that I love. So when you have that varied spices and all the different kinds of things, yeah. Riesling is always a great food friendly. You found one from the United States and from New York, actually. Uh, I think sometimes, you know, there, there's certainly there's something to having an American wine on an American holiday. We're dealing with two other French wines we're going to talk about today. But again, having a great American wine. And I think Riesling is really one of the uh, strengths of the Finger Lakes region, which is where this comes from in New York State. And I what we're talking it. about here is Red Newt Cellars, their mm-hmm. uh, semi-dry Riesling uh, 2011, which honestly was a very difficult vintage up there. And I think they knocked it out of the park on a year that saw lots and lots of rain. And again, a lot of producers kind of swung and missed. And Red Newt did a really great job here. And this is one of those wines uh, that I think goes really well if you're the type of family that you're putting brown sugar on top of your sweet potatoes or mm-hmm. you're adding vanilla or something to your, like you spoke about, to your uh, squash or something like that. You need something that has a tiny bit of sweetness to balance out those flavors. You go with something bone dry and the wine's going to end up tasting acrid. So um, yeah. having something that... And acrid, that's acrid. never good. Yeah, acrid's <laughs> always bad, always bad. Well, but- the- the Red Newt Cellar Semi Dry Riesling. This is the 2011, and it's 14.99. Again, you gave us a great affordable pick. We've had Red Newt on before. We had their Dry Riesling, which I love. Yeah, it's beautiful. And this has uh, got the great balance of fruit, a little bit of sweet, and yeah. acid to balance. Absolutely. That, you know, Aunt Sally, your mom, and you are all going to love this wine, especially Absolutely. once you start eating. Yeah. And you make what I call a wine sandwich. I'm sure you heard oh, that on the I'm show before. all about the wine sandwich. <laughs> but we're going to take a quick break. This is Lori Forrester, the wine coach. We're here with Tim Riley. We're going to be back to talk Thanksgiving wines in just a moment. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach with The Sipping Point, and we're back with Tim Riley, beverage director at the Fleet Street Kitchen here in Baltimore, and we're talking Thanksgiving wines. We just had a great bubbly, a Cremant de Loire, and then a semi-dry, which means a little bit of sweetness, Riesling from Red New in the Finger Lakes, and now we're getting ready to talk red for the dinner table, Uh, you know, you have to have a selection. You can't just have no. one wine because some people prefer red, some Absolutely. prefer white. Yeah. And so it can be a little tricky because so many people like those big, bold, over-the-top reds, right. you know, and that you cut with a knife and fork. But that's not really best for Thanksgiving, is it? Probably not. There's something, too. And, Laura, you say this all the time, and it's absolutely correct, that you should drink what you like. So if you want to drink a big, bold Cabernet, and that's what you're thinking about, and that's what would make Thanksgiving perfect, then go for it. But for me, like you said, those wines are generally a little bit over-the-top for the kind of foods you have on Thanksgiving. So what you kind of want to do is dial it back. And the one wine that always comes up when people talk about Thanksgiving is Beaujolais. And Beaujolais, honestly, is a misunderstood wine. Uh, Beaujolais, Beaujolais suffers its remnant's reputation because of Beaujolais Nouveau, which uh, many of your listeners may be aware of, is a wine that comes out you know, the third Thursday of every uh, November, and mm-hmm. there's a big brouhaha about it, and it's there's a lot of fun to Beaujolais Nouveau. On the other hand, Beaujolais Nouveau is generally kind of the lowest end of Beaujolais. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole different world of Beaujolais, and that's what's called the Cru Beaujolais. It's 10 select villages that are in the region, and we're in the kind of center of uh, France here, just south of Burgundy, uh, technically a part of Burgundy, if you will, but they have these 10 villages 
vintages that are considered to make such superior wine that they're allowed to put their name on the label. And right. this is one of those. It's uh, Potal Avaron's Juliana from uh, 2010. And a really beautiful wine and another really, really fantastic value. And Beaujolais Nouveau's just came out. So yes. certainly those are fun and very fruity. And, and just, you know, a celebration of the harvest. Yeah. But the crew Beaujolais, those are the ones that are... A little more you know, serious. A little more serious, a yeah. little more expensive. They can age longer. Absolutely. You know, certainly the, in Juliana as well as Morgon. Right. And um, I've had some Morgon yes. on. We've had a Fleury before. Sure. So... If people haven't tried a Cru Beaujolais, let's give them an idea. We're talking lighter in body. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good acidity, making yeah. it, you know, us wine geeks love acidity because that's food friendly. Absolutely. <laughs> acidity is key. But the one thing you can kind of think about it is, is where it's coming from. And so when you're in Beaujolais, you have Burgundy to the north and you have the Rhone to the south. And so you almost have a fusion there in terms of what the wine tastes like. You have some of those Pinot Noir-like flavors and that lighter Pinot Noir-like body. But you have a little bit of that kind of briery or herbaceousness that you would expect in the Rhone as well. And so you have that's that beautiful fusion that uh, really makes it an attractive wine and a unique wine. And you mentioned it was more expensive, and certainly it is. The crew is over, say, the Beaujolais Nouveau, but you're still dealing with a wine here. Uh, what is Wallace yeah, asking ni- us? Yeah, $19.99, so still under price. 20 Good Yeah, job. still under 20 and it's, it's a fantastic <laughs> price for that wine at Wells, for sure. And it again, really it's, a, it's a really beautiful wine and something that, you know, when you compare it to, say, you know, Napa Valley Cabernet or something like that, you're getting a lot more for your money here in the Beaujolais uh, region, if you will. And this is a really great producer uh, run by a gentleman named Stéphane Averon, and he's sourcing from two old vine vineyards here. Uh, old vine's always good, producing a little more concentrated flavor. Both mm-hmm. of the vineyards that went into this are over 50 years old. And uh, it's just, a, again, a beautifully complex wine and one that should please a whole wide variety of guests while, again, not breaking the bank and pairing with a lot of different foods. It's true because you mentioned, you know, a, akin to a Pinot Noir, and that's a, another grape that actually would go really well on a Absolutely. Thanksgiving table. For sure. And, you know, we talk about the wine sandwich was my little way of telling people how to really focus on how a wine goes with the food by taking a sip of the wine, taking a bite of the food, then going back and taking a sip of the wine Absolutely. and noticing the difference. Because a lot of people might, if they're big, you know, they like their big, robust reds, they might taste this and be like, eh, it's yeah. too light for me. Sure. But the idea is, I mean, that could even be a fun thing to do on Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Have your big Cabernet next to yeah. this um Beaujolais and do the wine sandwich with both. And you're going to notice that even though maybe you don't want this one always alone with the food, it just opens up and so smooths out whereas a cab might clobber yeah it's gonna i mean it's gonna clobber your you know your green bean casserole and the sweetness on it is never going to work with uh you know your butternut squash or your sweet potatoes or something like that i mean this is a wine like i said and all three of these wines i think in general have great breadth and uh room to grow at the table i love that okay great so we had the three thanksgiving wines they'll all be listed at thewinecoach.com we have the uh clements gary cremant de loire sparkling wine from the loire valley in france that was uh, fifteen ninety nine. We have the Red Newt Cellar Semi Dry Riesling from the Finger Lakes, fourteen ninety nine, and then the Potel Aveyron Julienne, um, twenty ten, and that is nineteen ninety nine. Just one penny under twenty. So you you did it. You uh, you made it. All wines under twenty. So. If folks uh, don't feel like cooking, are you open on Thanksgiving? We are not open on Thanksgiving, okay. but uh, we're open on Christmas Eve, and we're also open on New Year's Eve, where we have a really great menu, uh, $99 for food and 40, $49, I believe, for wine pairings. Ooh, um, nice. Great selection of wines. We're going to be opening up some really fun things from the cellar for New Year's Eve, uh, not just bubbly, but all kinds of different fun stuff to uh, pair with Chef Amendola's cuisine. He's been working on this menu nonstop, and oh, again, it's awesome. going to be one of those things that he's just getting the best from the market. It'll probably change a little bit up until the day. 
today, but it's going to be a really, really great night and a uh, great opportunity to taste a bunch of wines and have some great food to go with it. Wow. Well, Tim Riley, I think you uh, you did the challenge. Under Three wines, under 20, all great for Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Uh, if folks want to check out your place, it's FleetStreetKitchen.com. They can get information about your New Year's celebration or Absolutely. just coming in for dinner any Absolutely. old time. Yeah, we're open seven nights a week. Um, we have a great little special on Sundays uh, called Sunday Supper, which your uh, listeners might want to check out. And a uh, great bar that we always, again, have fun stuff open at in terms of wine bottles. Uh, big seller, lots of fun wines. I love it. All right. Well, we're going to be right back with Chef Forrester to talk about how to make sure you cook your turkey perfectly. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show, Tim. We'll thank see you so you much, soon. Laura. It's such a pleasure. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach with The Sipping Point, and we are at one of my favorite segments every week. It's called the Wine Sandwich of the Week, where we sandwich great food in between sips of a delicious wine, and we're still thinking about Thanksgiving. It's that big of a holiday in my mind. Better than Christmas, it's all about food, wine, and there's no shopping. Last week, we (laughs) talked to Peggy Woodward, food editor of Taste of Home magazine, and we didn't really even scratch the surface of all her tips for making your meal the best. Peggy, thanks you for coming back on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Awesome. You're in Milwaukee, and you're getting ready to Mm -hmm. celebrate a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family. But as a food editor of the number one food and entertaining magazine in the world, you know how to make things easy and delicious on Thanksgiving. Last week, you gave us some great tips on gravy and turkey and getting the kids involved. Uh, What else do we need to know to make sure everything goes correctly? Well, we have a really great tip. It's one of my favorite because it involves chocolate. Mm. Um, and anything chocolate is great for me. Um, let's say you made um, your family's favorite pumpkin pie. And then, oh, no, as it cools, um, it got a crack in the top. Yeah. Uh, a really great way to cover it up is just to um, top it with a little chocolate. Melt some, about a cup of chocolate chips and three quarters of a cup of heavy whipping cream. And pour that over the cooled pie, stick it in the fridge, and then Ooh. it'll set up to this really nice, smooth, chocolatey topping, and no one will know that your pie was cracked. I love it. So they think you just made a chocolate pumpkin pie to be fancy. Right. Really nice way to make lemonade out of lemons. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So mashed potatoes. Now, my husband, I mentioned last week, is a chef, and when he does the mashed potatoes, if I did them, they'd come from a box. He does them. He's like ricing these potatoes, and it's like a five, mm-hmm. six-step process. But what can you do to make your mashed potatoes really fluffy? Because I guess that's the end goal of doing everything, right, to make them right. fluffy. Nice and fluffy. Well, the number one step is to make sure that your potatoes are not super wet. So after you've boiled them, you've drained them, throw them back into your pot, put them back on the burner just for a couple minutes and let them dry out a little bit before you add your milk and your melted butter. And they'll Ah. really absorb the milk and the butter nicely, add a little bit of salt, and you're good to go. So the drier is better Mm -hmm. when it comes to mashed potatoes, at least before the mashing. Right. Dry them out a little bit. Okay. Very good. All right. What else do I need to know? Because he's going to be at work, Uh Peggy. I'm on my own. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you want to um, really add some great aroma to your house when people walk in the door, I love this tip with spicing it up. You can make a homemade spice bag with just some some cloves, some cinnamon stick, maybe some citrus peel, Mm -hmm. and add it to um, some red wine, like a dry red wine or even cider. Um, you could throw it in a um, slow cooker or in a, um, a 
a soup kettle on your stove top and it really smells great. You've got something really great to drink for your guests when they first arrive, and it's something that's really easy. Oh, that's great because we just had in the last segment, we were talking about what wines to have with pumpkin pie and some of the desserts at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And mulled wine uh, was one of the choices of uh, Michael and Rachel, who was who were here on the show. So mm-hmm. do you have a recipe on your site or how can folks find out how we to do, do that? We do. We have a hot mulled wine at tasteofhome.com or we have got a warm pomegranate punch that... Um, that you could look up on tasteofhome.com and find the recipe. Oh, great. Perfect. I like to follow recipes. <laughs> That's how I know it's going to be good. Now, um, so, okay. What is another tip just to make this easy so I can do some stuff ahead of time? Because if I try mm-hmm. to do everything the day of Thanksgiving, I know I'm going to be running around like a, I would say chicken with my head cut <laughs> off, but person, probably a right? turkey with my head cut off. What, <laughs> what can I do? Are there mm-hmm. any tips on doing things ahead? Yeah. our um, Cheryl Cohen is one of our Taste of Home Cooking School Culinary Specialists, and she really likes the idea of as soon as your sides are done, um, like the mashed potatoes or the sweet potatoes, or maybe you're, you're doing green beans, put them into your slow cooker on low and just hold them there until dinner is ready. Um, it really kind of frees up your time at the end of the meal when it's really busy, when you're trying to get everything on the table, getting everybody to sit down. Um, slow cookers are really great to have on hand. I, l- I love the slow cooker. I wish, you know, you can just mm-hmm. kind of put your ingredients in there and let it go to work. I mean, that's yeah. that's the idea. But you're right, because mm-hmm. people want to do th- enough ahead of time so that when it gets to the meal, the person cooking can actually sit down and eat. I mean, right. half the time French they time. don't. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. So um, we were talking in one of our Thanksgiving shows about cranberry. Now, mm-hmm. we have two kinds of cranberry on our table. We have the canned, because my one brother, Johnny, okay. Johnny only likes the canned cranberry. And then you know, every family has one of those. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chris, my producer, is raising his hand. He's one of those, too. So what about cranberry? What what can people mm-hmm. do to spice it up? Well, cranberry sauce is so easy to make from scratch. It's just uh, cranberry, sugar, and water. There's a recipe on every package uh, that you could buy. And to really just add a little spice to it, um, you could add some jalapeno jelly if your family likes spicy food, mm-hmm. or stir in a little orange marmalade or um, grated orange peel into the cranberry sauce to really just you know, add another dimension to it. That's awesome. And you know what I want people to know is that you guys have a Taste of Home cookbook, Busy Family Edition. Mm-hmm. Check. I meet that qualification <laughs> that folks can buy that has a lot of these kind of tips and so much more, don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, it's available at tasteofhome.com, and it's our fourth edition of this cookbook. And it really focuses on busy families, Quick meals, 30-minute meals, slow cooker meals, five-ingredient recipes, really to get great food on the table fast. Great. And I'm going to link that from thewinecoach.com so folks can easily find you. And I I don't know if you have all the info, but I heard a little rumor that you guys are going to have some online cooking classes. Yes. Yep. Right from our website. You can... um, go to different segments. We have a healthy cooking segment, um, really from scratch cooking, really great tips, um, great ideas. You could see it right there on screen. So, uh, you know, no mystery involved. Um, Love it. Yeah, really great online classes. So I might be able to surprise my husband, Peggy, and actually learn how to cook a dish or two. (laughs) (laughs) Could be a good Christmas present. My daughter thinks I make the best macaroni and cheese, but It is from a blue box. So that's all I have to say. So I'm taking the lessons. 
Peggy Woodward, <laughs> food editor of Taste of Home magazine. Thank you so much for joining me and have a very happy Thanksgiving. Thanks. You too. Cheers, Peggy. You're listening to The Sipping Point. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach, and we've come to my favorite segment of every show, the wine sandwich. And it's even more exciting today because my better half, Chef Michael Forrester, is on the line. He went to the Culinary Institute of America. He has worked at some of the best restaurants in New York, La Cirque, Osteria de Cerco. When we met, he was at the Harbor Court Hotel and a restaurant there called Hamptons, which I'm sure there's a lot of people that have fond memories of. Uh, Chef Michael Forrester, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, um, I'm excited because... Thanksgiving is one of our favorite holidays because it's all about eating and drinking, two of our favorite things in the world. (laughs) But uh, people are always mystified about doing it right. And you're a professional. You do several Thanksgiving meals on the day itself. And I know you have the answers. I have listeners writing in asking me things that I can't answer because all I do is pick out the wines. You do the cooking in our house. So I wondered if you could fill us in First of all, you know, when you're thinking about mapping out your Thanksgiving meal, um, are there any tips you have for doing that to make it easier? Uh, to make it easier, it's it's just making sure you're prepared ahead of time. I mean, Thanksgiving is supposed to be enjoyed with your family, and you're not going to do that if you're sitting in the kitchen all day. So what, what I tend to do <clears throat> first, um, the most important thing is going to be your turkey. I mean, that's your centerpiece of your Thanksgiving meal. Uh-oh, because earlier I said I could do without, do without turkey. I just care about the stuffing and the sides. <laughs> but you're right. Turkey is important. So is this about planning ahead where you're going to get your turkey and what kind? Well, uh, yes. Um, as with most things, uh, a fresh turkey is is usually better than a frozen turkey. Okay. So that may be ordering it a week or so in advance from your grocery store, from your butcher, wherever you get your turkey. Okay. And the uh, reason you, why it's better is? Uh, it, it, it gets into molecular structure and stuff. So oh, now you're scaring me. Okay. When you, it's going to have freeze, better texture if it's fresh than if it's frozen. Yes. When you, okay. when you freeze meat, the cell linings uh, break down and you won't get that same crispness as you get from a fresh turkey. Okay, so there's a real reason. I like that. So getting ordering your fresh turkey is the place to start. Doing some of the work ahead of time so you're not doing everything on Thanksgiving Day sounds like a good plan. Yes. And you usually do that. You're usually working, you know, a week beforehand prepping for a lot of this stuff. There's some stuff that can easily be done ahead of time. Your cranberry sauce, uh, your stuffing can be made. So all that needs to be done is it, have it put in the oven um, your turkey, if you're going to brine your turkey, you want to do that at least 24 hours before. Uh, so okay. it has, the brine has plenty of time to get into the meat, uh, stuff like that. Well, I mean, cranberry sauce, all it takes is a can opener, right? <laughs> if you're using trans canned cranberry sauce. Um, you make your own, you, I know. I don't think you've ever been served canned cranberry sauce in my house. <laughs> no, you haven't. And so I, I know uh, that fresh is better, and there's probably a lot of other people that make cranberry sauce as well. Um, it's a it's a big uh, a big hit. It's not my thing, so I guess I don't I don't I don't get as excited. But my thing, and I mentioned it earlier, is stuffing. 
And I'm going to share with the folks our stuffin' muffins. I say ours. I'm taking license with your recipe. It's really your <laughs> stuffin' muffin recipe, but we're married, so it's 50% mine. Um, I'm going <laughs> to share that because we have a blog, don't we, called hecooksshewines.com. Yes. And your stuffin' muffins are out there. And the reason you make the stuffin' muffins, why don't you fill everybody in on why we do that? Because I have a very diverse family. <laughs> and I, I need to make... It's it's not a family tree. It's a family bush. Right. And I need to make three different kinds of stuffing on Thanksgiving. We can't even agree, Chris, on the stuffing. <laughs> um, so we like... Some people want plain. Some people want sausage. And I will only eat oyster stuffing. So you do them in muffin tins so that everybody chooses their own. But that leads me to another question that people were asking me on Facebook. If you go to facebook.com slash the wine coach, you can uh, check out all the things. But people were asking, should I stuff my turkey or should I not stuff my turkey? I never stuff my turkey. The reason? Uh, Because it will take longer for the turkey to cook and you're going to dry out your turkey more the longer that it's in the oven. Oh, okay. All right. So stuffing the turkey can lead to dryness. And that, that leads to another question. So you're cooking the stuffing in a separate dish. What are the main reasons why people end up with dry turkey? Uh, the number one main reason people end up with the dry turkey is because they overcook their turkey. All right. And, and how could they prevent this? Well, if your turkey, if your <laughs> turkey comes with one of those pop-up thermometers, okay, uh, pull the thermometer out and throw it in the trash. Oh, <laughs> um, that pop-up thermometer will usually pop up right around 170, 175 degrees, mm. and too late. Too late. Your your turkey's already overcooked. Um, because when you take it out, it still cooks a little bit, right? Yes, uh, figure it'll raise uh, one degree for every pound that the turkey is. Okay. So if you're cooking a 20-pound turkey, your turkey could technically be taken out at 165 degrees and end up at 185 degrees. Wow. You're making me do math now? This is ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So how would you, you take it out, you throw it away, you just get your own real meat thermometer and use that. When should they take it out? The turkey should be taken out at about 160 to 165 degrees. Mm. Um, And you're going to check the uh, temperature of the turkey right at the thickest part of the breast where the breast meets the wing bone. Okay. And then also in the right in the thickest part of the thigh where the thigh meets the the body cavity. Okay. The groin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. All right. Well <laughs> this has been amazing, Chef Michael Forrester of HeCooksSheWines.com. Another thing that people are asking about is how to properly carve a turkey. Chef Michael, you did a great video on that and I posted that at HeCooksSheWines.com. Folks can go watch your video and most of them are doing it wrong, so they need to watch your video. Thank you so much for being with us on the show. Thanks for having me. All right, cheers. Have a good day. This is Lori Forrester, the wine coach. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's Thanksgiving show. And I hope you know that one of the things I'm most thankful for is you 
being a listener and being involved with the show. So if you want to stay engaged, you want to give me feedback, you can always email me at radio at thewinecoach.com to listen to this show or any other. Download my free app for iPhone and Android in the app store. Just search The Wine Coach. And speaking of that, I have some free gifts for you. Go to thewinecoach.com in the upper right-hand corner. You can sign up to get my free audio on how to flawlessly order wine off any wine list. I don't care what restaurant you go to or where you're traveling. I have seven tips that are going to help you do it flawlessly, impress your clients, and not make any crazy mistakes. And you can also go to thewinecoachsecrets.com to get my free four-part video series, wine glasses, food and wine pairing, ordering wine at restaurants, and so much more. Thewinecoachsecrets.com. Just sign up with your name and email. We'll be back next week for the recipe for a delicious life.